So hey Tiff, I want to talk about probably my very favorite game to play with friends, the Jackbox Party Pack. you like some history? I would love some history. Okay, Please. so the Jackbox Party Pack games, uh, they're made by a company called Jackbox Games. But this studio started out, uh, they were called Jellyvision, and they've been around since like the 90s. And they had some success with a game called You Don't Know Jack in the 90s, which was a quiz game series. But they seemed to miss out on consoles, and this was a bit tough for them. And they kind of had some misses, so it ended up meaning by 2001, they were a pretty big company. They had to significantly downsize to just a handful of employees. And at that point, they were kind of focused on making business software, like they weren't making games at all anymore. They had a bit of a rough time, which is a real shame. But in 2008, they saw the rise of smartphones, and they thought, hey, we can make games like this. So... They revived the You Don't Know Jack series and put it on mobile. They put it on consoles and also they made like web games and stuff like Facebook games. And it ended up becoming a success both critically and audience size. So by 2013, they'd expanded the company again and then rebranded to Jackbox Games. And that's kind of how we get to the company today. So the reason I mention this is that You Don't Know Jack is a game that many, many people have played. Like, I'd never played it, I don't think. Like, it, it I think my first uh, experience of those types of games and that, that game was part of the Jackbox Party Pack. But I know a bunch of people that played You Don't Know Jack in some of its earlier forms. Um, so that kind of led them to where they are. So at this point, Jackbox Games uh, started making more quiz games, kind of in the in the kind of the two thousands. They created Fibbage, um, which is a game we'll talk about a little later on. And <laughs> after the success of Fibbage, they decided that what they should start doing is just packaging up some of their big ideas and smaller ideas for games that they had. And the Jackbox Party Pack was born in two thousand and fourteen. Uh, we're now up to version 5, which is the one that we've most recently played. It actually just came out um, a few weeks ago, which is why we wanted to start talking about Jackbox on the show. Um, and by bundling all these games up into packs, it allowed Jackbox to experiment with some smaller, more experimental ideas, rather than worrying and like having to think that every single game they released had to be a big thing. So I also did want to mention, because it's kind of fun, just timing-wise. So I was just at a convention called PodCon, and I actually spent time with some of the people that make these games because they also make a popular podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern. So I just thought that was fun. Hey. It's like serendipity. Look at me. Rubbing shoulders with all the, all the stars. <laughs> you are. You're so bougie. I know. <laughs> You're game bougie. So that's my history. So I, I can take off my smoking jacket that I wear now when I'm doing the history segment. Oh, that's how I'm going to picture you now. Yeah. <laughs> in a big leather chair. In my library, my, my video game library. And, and now, now I'm in the video game room. Oh, I love that image so mm -hmm. much. Oh, we're going to have to get an artwork of that it's one. It's like I have these big oak bookcases with all my video games in there, you know? And yeah. <laughs> and like good gilded controllers from like Arrow's <laughs> past. So but now, now I'm back in my gaming chair and uh, we're ready to talk about it. So one of my favorite things about the Jackbox Party Pack is it doesn't matter what pack you have because they're all fun and playable. Like it's not like many game series where you just want to play the newest one. Right, like mm -hmm. I like that there's fun to be had with all of them. So I know we stay positive, but I do have to say that in some of the games, there's like hits and misses in all of the packs. Oh, for sure. 
But that's what makes it so great that there's so many of them, right? Exactly, exactly. And it it spreads it all out. And just like you said, in your historical um, retelling of the games, it allows them to really try out something brand new, Mm -hmm. right? Even if it's not going to be the best, most genius thinking, like the game that is going to be the big star here, they can try something. And and I think that's fun for the players too. It's really good to just try a different kind of game and the camaraderie that comes about, which I we I know we're going to get into. It it's kind of fun to play a bad game sometimes. <laughs> and you never know when a bad game is gonna be good with the right audience. Well also so opinions change on games based on groups, which again mm-hmm. we'll get to that a little bit more later on. But I also like that they make some games and they're successful. And then they make newer, updated versions of them, you yes. Know, which, are, which is also a fun thing to do. So, like some some of the more popular games appear multiple times, but with some updates to the rules, or they get new questions and stuff like that. So, I really like it. I mean, this is honestly the closest to a board game experience that I've had in a video game <sighs> environment. You took my talking point. You did took I? It. Oh, so pretend much. I never said it. Just pretend Sniped I never it. said no, it. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. okay. That was one of my favorite things too. Is that it? Really, the mechanics of this, which we were saving for the mechanics section, mm. Mike. Mm. <laughs> it, it really mimics like a board game play, and it encourages that group feeling of feeling like you're around a table playing a game all together. And I've never had a video game do that. Yeah, there's group games. There are um, you know split screen games where you can all play together. But none so much that you're all focused on the same thing and answering a question, but yet still using your smart devices. And it's, I think that that's what really makes it fun. And every time that I've played this or showed this to somebody new, that joy comes from the realization of how these mechanics are actually working and what everyone is really doing. It's like, oh, we're all kind of playing a board game, but with video and these little game characters and it's this fast moving stuff and we're all using our smartphones and it's just like this feels like it should be clunky but it works so smooth yeah so the smartphone the smartphones come into this game because they're your controllers and i think this is fundamentally one of the things that makes these games so successful is you don't like many other multiplayer games need to have a controller for every person that wants to play all you need is a device that has a web browser and you go to the Jackbox website, you type in a code that they give you, and everyone's in the game. It's genius because you can have one controller for, say, like a Nintendo Switch, but you can have like six players because everybody has a phone with a web browser on it. And it's there's no learning moves or buttons nope. or nope. configurations. Nothing. And I find that that's mm-hmm. usually the barrier to entry with playing a lot of group games with mm-hmm. a, a wide variety of audience members or uh, participants that you would have like a parent or a grandparent or a really small child like there are there's various levels of video game ability but with a game like this you don't need any ability like you don't need to have ever played any kind of console game before in order to enjoy this and i mean these games are available on everything which is yeah. brilliant so i would just say right they are available on steam so pc PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. They're available on the iPad. They're available on the Apple TV. They're available on Android. Like, they are literally on everything, which is brilliant because it makes them ubiquitous. And because, I mean, and it feels like not, not easy as such, but it feels like maybe of all games that I've played, 
I can see how it's on so many platforms because ultimately it's mostly just showing you a video, right? And then you're playing along with it. And I think a lot of the smarts are actually happening on the website of it where it's, you know, working out how to score everything and all that kind of stuff. So it's very, very clever. And technically is a very, very impressive game system that they've created. I, I think it's super cool because they even have stuff to accommodate for streamers. Like, so mm-hmm. ideally you would play this game in the same room, but it actually can be done pretty well with streaming. You just got to have like one person sharing a game screen with everybody. And if you're playing it with an audience, they have like specific audience things built in. So there are like codes for an audience so they can watch along. And on some games, it even can affect the scoring. Which is absolutely genius to have mm-hmm. that in that there's just a simple code that goes up on the screen that you can share with an audience or anyone else that wants to watch it's that part of it which i never experienced before i was always like ah no i'm just playing with my friends i don't need to have a whole audience but now when we did it on twitch for the show as with our friends it was such a fun added element that i didn't expect i i like how they add in the scoring of the audience i i that whole dynamic that's it's that's an extra little bonus feature that didn't mm-hmm. need to be there, but it really makes it delightful to have that in there. And it's nice that it's not a required thing. You you aren't always open to an audience. You can stay as private as you want or as public as you want, but it is actually really fun to kind of have them there. Yeah, I mean, and as well, though, like that could also just be if you have members of your family that don't want to play the game but are in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, it doesn't necessarily, like, the audience functionality doesn't necessarily just have to be for people that are streaming. Well, and there's um, some games have a limited number of players. Yeah. That, they do. Uh, so that it's pretty big, but it's not gigantic. Like, you can't have mm-hmm. 20 people play. So if you are having kind of a big party and there is a group that is playing this, you can grab people to be the audience members, right? And still participate and still have it be really fun. So the first time I played these games was at your house and oh, yeah. I had absolutely no had a preconceived note. I didn't know anything about these games at all. And it was so <laughs> wonderful. We had such a good time, just the four of us. Yeah, we're, I can't remember where I'd first played them, but I've known about them for a while. Like I've watched video game streams and stuff of them. So like I've, you know, that it's a game format that I'm very familiar with because they're just so much fun. Like I feel like I've been playing them for a few years, but I genuinely cannot remember the first time I played. But I do have lots of like really nice memories of playing these with different people, right? Like we played them at New Year's. We played Mm -hmm. it recently. Like even just the stream that we did was so much fun. Like they are really good they're just really good games to play with your friends. Like, I, th- I think it works really well. And these types of games, because of some of the game types, it does work really well. It works better if it's people that you know and you kind of you understand their humor because there's like a performative mm-hmm. aspect to it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the a testament to having all these different games in the different packs, It depending on who you're playing with, it depends on what game is fun. Like, I've played with a couple different groups now, first playing with you and then we played with other friends throughout the whole weekend that we were spending together and then we um I played with some friends over the summer some people who also have never seen it and were had the same experience like the wow oh my gosh this is so much fun this is cool with the phones and those different groups we all gravitated to different games and even though 
you know, me and my husband were like the common denominator in the group when we were playing these things, depending on who we were playing with was how much fun we had in certain games. Like I, I remember the, um, the t-shirt game is a really off, like it's this very strange one, but in one group, that was the favorite. Everyone had so much fun playing that game. Yeah. And other games, like we tried civic doodle and it's, it stank. Like it, it just totally was a sunken ship. Didn't work at all with this one group and with our stream, it was fantastically fun. So it's with all these different packs and the different games that are involved it's almost like when someone asks you, well, which one should I get? Which pack should I start with? Which pack should I get? I don't even know if I can answer because it's like, just just get them all. <laughs> like You just keep buying them all. It sounds like a lot, but it's it's more of like having a, a, a game closet, right? That you're pulling out all different things depending on who you're hanging out with. And exactly. it, it becomes super vital to have all these different ones to flip back and forth to because there's no guarantee that one group is going to like another one but when you find that golden one oh it's it's just such a delight yeah like i had never enjoyed the the drawing games because they're broken down into a few different aspects there's like trivia games there's kind of just like tell the best joke games there are and there are some like drawing games which you you just draw with your finger or whatever or you can cheat like all of us and use ipads and apple pencils <laughs> um and I had never enjoyed them, but when we played on our stream, they were the most fun that I had. And I have no idea why that is, right? Like you say, it's just like different dynamics, different groups of people just lend themselves to different games. But like I would say, like if for anybody, just just pick probably the most recent and then you have that one, you will find at least a couple of games that you like. And then once you know, then you can look back at the previous packs and see what other types of games are like those ones, you know, and then you can buy other packs. Um, but like even on Steam, they do great bundles of them all and stuff. Like you can pick them up for like it's they're not that expensive to just grab a selection of them. So I really like the fact that there is such a variance to what you can play, and it's fun to me because like a board game, just different groups of people will be able to mesh differently to enjoy a specific game type more than others and and so it's fun to even just find with your friend groups what are the games that you like the most together and then focus on those which is really fun and as you play these games with different groups the fun happens from your like all the inside jokes that mm-hmm. kind of build up right like i think we should totally talk about that because that's what it's all about and that's why on a stream or something like on Twitch, it's fun when the audience is there with you at the time and you're all kind of building the jokes together and seeing it all happen. But if you try to explain the inside jokes that are going on after they happened and why it was funny, even if you think about it to yourself, you're like, I don't know why the mustard blimp was funny. It just was like, it was the right time for the mustard blimp to be landing in our, in our hearts and souls. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it just took flight and it was perfect, but you try and recreate that and it doesn't really work. You have to build your own inside jokes and funny little memes that you make together in the groups, especially with some of these drawing games or even the quip ones where you can just throw out a phrase that everyone kept saying and it's going to be a hit because (laughs) if you know how to use it and you know how to work the crowd that you're playing with and I think that's what makes it really fun. It brings that party hangout mentality to a gameplay on a screen, which is awesome. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Mustard Blimp, but I think to do that, <laughs> we should actually open the loot box because there's, there's an interesting kind of mix of worlds going on here. <laughs> okay. So our stream for this episode, you can find uh, on our YouTube channel. So that's youtube.com slash playing for fun FM. We had like a three hour Jackbox stream. Uh, I think this one is really worth watching. You know, maybe you could uh, jump past the first 10 or 15 minutes because as with every stream, there are some technical difficulties, uh, <laughs> which I had to work through. But once we got through those, there is a lot of real fun stuff in here. So we played as a big group. So it was me and you and our significant others. So you played with Marco. I played with Adina. And then we also had the Snells on, Jason and Lauren. Um, so we played as a big group and it was a lot of fun and there were some really weird long running jokes that occurred with like pineapples and a zeppelin that ended up being colored in such a way that it was given the name mustard blimp i don't even remember how this happened but our artwork for this episode created by the wonderful jelly is showing to the world the mustard blimp and uh, (laughs) in its true glory uh and you're the winner of this artwork because you have the mustard blimp Uh, I do. (laughs) So we've shifted back again. So you won this one. I like that we volley our our victories in in the drawings. Yeah, I I feel like Jelly's worried about playing favorites now. So he keeps Mm -hmm. just jumping them backwards. He should be worried. He should be. (laughs) So so you can find this artwork as our episode art, but they're also all saved on our Instagram. So you can go to Instagram.com slash playing for fun FM, where you can also find, in case you didn't see it, our holiday card. So... We should talk about this. In June (laughs) of last year, me and Tiff were at WWDC and we recreated the original artwork that Jelly did for us. Like we brought specific clothing and we had a wonderful photo shoot with our friend underscore David Smith. And we had this picture of the two of us. Well, actually, we have like a hundred. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot. <laughs> but we got the right one. And we'd kind of been like, we wasn't sure what to use it for. We kind of just been sitting on it for a while. And then you were like, why don't we make a holiday card? So that is there on our Instagram account. I wanted to print it. I really did. Yeah, we we still can. <laughs> uh, there is more to be done with the artwork. I think that is our like, promo art, you know, like when we're when this show uh gets a tv deal eventually uh that's yep. what they will use as like our pr shot <laughs> it's just a matter of time instagram.com slash playing for fun fm is where you can see all of those and this episode of playing for fun is brought to you by care of and care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that vitamins Oh, darn. Let me go back. (laughs) Care of is... I'm going to be laughing through it. You can keep this if you want. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamins and supplement packs right to your door. I don't call them like supplements or anything. Like there's nothing... Supplements. Vitamins and supplements. The the supplements. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Kerov. So we're having a lot of fun with this read, but Kerov is pretty fun in itself. You may have wondered at some point whether you're getting all the vitamins you need, and you'd be right to wonder because it turns out 90% of people are lacking in at least one vitamin or vitamin or nutrient, 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 <laughs> vitamins nutri- or nutrient. <laughs> 
<laughs> or at least one vitamin or nutrient. Care-of can help figure out what you need with a fun online quiz that asks about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices. It really is kind of fun. They have like little smiley faces when you fill it all out and it gets really happy when you answer the questions. You feel really good about taking this quiz and it takes just five minutes to complete and it'll work out what you need. And because they know that you're busy, Care-of will send your vitamins right to your door in personalized, easy to remember daily packs, uh, which are super handy for traveling to. And if you're vegan or vegetarian, they uh, can totally cater to any of that. I had the wonderful opportunity of getting some care of vitamins. And I got to say it was great filling out the form. And I really like getting them in their little packs and the little packs of trivia or daily reminders. And it's just kind of nice to read and, and take one out every single morning. It's really, really easy to remember and super convenient. And they are even in a box that like fits really nice in your cabinet or on your counter, like really stacked up and sleek and subtle beautiful design. And hey, it's a new year. And if you have some health related goals for 2019, Care-of will help make sure it sticks by helping you build a routine that's made just for you. So take advantage of this month's special New Year's offer for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Go to takecareof.com and enter playing for fun 50 and they will give you 50% off. That's that's awesome. It's huge. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. That's takecareof.com and promo code playing for fun 50 for 50% off your first month of vitamins. 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 I can't do it. Nutrients. <laughs> so your nutrients, supplements, and vitamins. Supplements. Everything you get, you get it Supplements. all from care of. So for our next episode, we're not actually going to be talking about a game. We're going to rank our favorite games that we have played in the first year of this show. We are now one year old. We started mm -hmm. last February. So we're going to be calling this the funsies. <laughs> I love that. Which was suggested <laughs> by uh, the player JRF out there. Thank you, JRF. So we're going to be doing the funsies. We're going to be borrowing from your other Relay FM show, Top 4, mm -hmm. and we'll be ranking our Top 4 trademark, Top 4 Industries uh, favorite games. It's officially licensed. <laughs> the officially licensed. We, we're very lucky to have got the official license on this show to rank yeah, our Top 4. Yeah, there were some hard negotiations in that one. But we got there in the end, <laughs> which is really great. Uh, but we also want to hear from the players. So I set up a Google form, which is in the show notes, Tell us what your favorite is of all of the games that we've played in our first year. It's just one question. It's just a mul like a single multiple choice thing. You just you just tap in what you want and submit it. And then we'll, I will also rank the answers so we can get a top four of our favorite games from the players as well as just from us as well. Um, I actually already have my list. Oh, I have. I don't have it yet. Yeah, I did it. I, I did it today um, because wow. I knew the top three, and so all I had to do was uh, do, do the fourth one. Of course, some honorable mentions as well. We're going for the. We're doing the whole the whole shebang. See, I don't know if I'm going to pick mine in advance or or just fly by the seat of my pants and be Ooh. like, "This is how I feel right now." No, I, mine is very. <laughs> mine was very clear, so I figured I would just formalize it. So I have it written down. Very excited. So that's going to be our episode in February. Uh, the first ever funsies, which I think is a really nice thing to do, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like to look at a year's worth of games that we've played and think about our favorite ones. I think that this is a really good idea. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be great to reflect back because we played some really wonderful games this year. And I like that it's not just about games that came out this year. It's about mm-hmm. the games that we played and that could expand, as we know, vast <laughs> amounts of years. I want to give you a, tr- a trivia question for the show. All right, without no looking. Do you Uh-oh. know or do you remember what our first game was? Yes. Okay. What was it? <laughs> uh was it um super mario odyssey correct oh yes this was a surprise to me for some reason i i don't know i don't know what i thought it was but i've forgotten that it was that one so really yeah well i haven't because i'm amazing <laughs> yeah well. actually i was a giant guess in the dark i'm like i know we played that one really early and before celeste i think celeste was our second right uh yeah, I think it was because that I picked that one because you picked Super Mario Odyssey and it was like your pitch to begin the show, right? Was with mm-hmm. that one game. So uh we do stream our games. You should follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash playing for fun fm because we always tweet when we go live, but you can also follow and subscribe on Twitch and you'll get notifications. You could be cool like people like Jay Pettycrew or Starling OK or Kent Goish, uh, who subscribed to us on, twi- on Twitch, which we are very thankful for. Uh, we are currently at the moment playing through Half-Life 2, which is going to be our game for March. So you can see what we've done here. We've given ourselves a lot of time to get this game completed because it was... And we're uh, going to need it. <laughs> we're going to need it. And we, we went really down to the wire on Half-Life. So yeah. I don't want to be in that situation again where I'm playing until like four in the morning so I can make sure to get it finished. So we've got a lot of time. Uh, we stream every Friday uh, at around 10.30 a.m. Eastern. So that's kind of the time frame that we tend to go live. But again, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitch, uh, and you will get notifications of when we're going to be doing that. We do have one other sponsor for this episode, and it's ExpressVPN. Look, there are always these days more and more stories about online data breaches. And I think just the protection of our data is becoming more and more important today. So it's only natural to worry about where your data is going and who's using it, especially when something as simple as sending an email can put your private information at risk. So people are trying to get your data and that you've got to get your privacy back of ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing, encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. So marketing companies or your internet provider can't record your browsing history. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. They're easy to use apps run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet, and it costs less than just $7 a month. ExpressVPN comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. Um, I've been using it. I was traveling uh, in Seattle last week, and I just had ExpressVPN on all the time on my iPhone and on my iPad and on my Mac because I was on public Wi-Fis, I was on hotel Wi-Fis, and it just gave me that little bit of peace of mind. But honestly, once I turned it on, I'd forgotten about it because everything runs so smoothly. It's so easy to do. Um, I'm a big fan. And so is TechRadar. They gave uh, ExpressVPN their number one VPN service award. So... And I can completely agree with that. I think it's amazing. You can protect your online activity today by going to expressvpn. 
youtube.com slash playing for fun. If you don't want your online history in the hands of your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer for you. Go to expressvpn.com slash playing for fun and you'll get three months free with a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash playing for fun for three extra months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. And everyone out there, hey, if you like this show, please, please tell a friend. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a video game friend because we've gotten some wonderful feedback from our listeners that from people who don't even really play games, but still just kind of like to hear. We don't discriminate on friends at playing for fun. We'll take nope. any friends. All friends. All the great any friends. and any all friends. Them. Just send them our way. As long as they have ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we said that. No, we'll even take earless friends. We really don't discriminate. It's fine. Any friend, just anyone. (laughs) So, Mike, I kind of stole one of your bullet points a little bit up here when talking about the group dynamic and the inside jokes, but you have something else written on this that I think you want to, you should talk about and how, uh, when playing with, with groups on these games, how, how quickly things can become inappropriate or yeah, but I don't know. You have to play the room, right? You have to play the room. It, I get a feeling when I play some of the Jackbox games, like when I play cards against humanity, similar to me mm-hmm. in that idea of like, you've got to know the audience you're playing to, uh, if especially if you're playing some of the some of the games like Quiplash, where basically you're trying to be the funniest person, like that's that's the goal. Um, and I think in those instances, sometimes the funniest person is also the person who takes the biggest risk. You know, mm-hmm. like you really go there with a joke, like you're making some inappropriate reference or making fun of somebody, like a, a friend who's playing, right? Like there's a, there's a, re- there's sometimes you've got to get up to that line. And if you get there, you may score big. So I like the gambling aspect of some of these <laughs> games where like you are gambling against the, or the, ooh, one of them's going to win, one of them's going to lose. And you've got to know which one to play. Yeah. You have to play the player, not the game. Ooh, I All like right. it. Yep. Very mm-hmm. good. That's how you win at poker. <laughs> no, I know that you love, uh, as I guess, uh, I know you love music in video yep. games. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't really know if these, uh, if there's m- much need for like serious atmosphere uh, in these games because you. Oh, there not... is though. Oh, okay. See, Tell me I, all about I disagree. It. Okay. I think, I think there is need for atmosphere because there are a lot of times in these games where you're, all silent if you're in the Mm. same room and you're playing with people you no one's talking because everyone's trying to write and think of answers or draw something so there's the waiting music in most of these games Uh, yeah i guess because as well sometimes you're done right and somebody else is still playing Mm -hmm. right so the waiting music is kind of important because it has to be fun enough to entertain the people that are finished early but also subtle enough that it doesn't distract anybody from actually thinking and playing the game and it's sometimes part of the gameplay is heckling each other once someone is done and Mm -hmm. then someone's trying to think and they can't think because you're making jokes and everyone's talking if you take too long to answer but the music in the game shouldn't be the distraction. It should be the other players, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I really appreciate a lot of the great waiting music that is fun and subtle, but at the same time will be really indicative of the game that you're playing. If you can think about some of them, it just sounds like fibbage or it sounds like 
um, you know, civic doodle, or it, it just has these, the murder party waiting noises, or the even the little chime in when each player mm-hmm. enters their their answer, the, you know, <laughs> from murder party, or just those little indications are great, subtle cues mm-hmm. in the music and the sound design. Because if you're one of the last people to enter a question, it starts you giving you more and more anxiety as you are going on. You hear each person enter their answer and goes, ah, ooh, ooh, and you're like, oh, no, I haven't entered yet. <laughs> and you're struggling to answer and trying to get it in because you keep hearing those sounds go off. And it's one of those things that you don't notice it, but it being there is is really atmospheric and creates a great gameplay mood. Yeah, the games, like the games themselves, they all have like a visual and like a visual design element to them. Like they're all set in a specific time period or a place, right? And you're right, the music one and the sound effects 100% mimic that like some of the little squishy noises yeah. that some things make <laughs> very weird but it's great. all it all fits like that that you when you're playing the games like they're instantly distinctive as to which one that you're playing right mm-hmm. which i think is is very good like i think quiplash when you uh, earn points the little characters kind of eat the points and they go hum, 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 hum. <laughs> it's just i don't know it just you start it, it's almost like one of those uh, automatic responses that you start expecting that noise or you get a little bit of oh yes success when you hear a certain noise because you know you've earned points from that noise and it's it's very much like pavlo's dog right mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's a great game design especially when it comes from the sounds and the music it it really is great. But most of the time, if you're playing right, it's definitely covered by group laughter. So yep. maybe you don't always hear it. So we've mentioned a couple of the games, but they're basically the games are broken down into a bunch of categories. There's trivia games, which mm-hmm. these can vary wildly as to the type of trivia you're playing. There are the games that include drawing. So when you basically you have a, a little web on the web page, you just draw with your finger and you have some tools like colors and stuff like that. There are games that require you to be the funniest or come up with the best puns. And then there are also games... The punniest? The punniest. Sorry. Very good. Very, <laughs> Sorry. There's kind of like punception going on in that one, I think. <laughs> uh, and then there are like rapping slash rhyming games, which is, I think, a more recent addition. Uh, but I do really enjoy those too, where kind of you have to come up with the best rhyme between two words and it's inserted into like a rap or something like that. So there's a lot of variation uh, even though they still have a consistency feeling. Have you ever played any? They also have those. Um, they're almost like murder mystery games, not trivia murder party, but there is like this vampire dating game that they have in there. Oh, and that's yeah. a completely yeah. different type too. That it's it's like a paying, a, I don't know. I, some of them are really very strange, but they, they even have really more than that. You feel when they're doing something new. Mm-hmm. Right, like that they're yeah. playing around with something. Like in Jackbox Five, there is one of the games feels more like kind of like a traditional video game that everybody mm-hmm. plays together. We didn't actually play that one. I haven't actually played that one, but I know that it exists. Like it's it's a little bit different. What is it called? Uh, Zeeple Dome, I think, is the name of that one. Uh, where you kind of like it's it's a little bit more like shooting aliens type game which is in, an interesting difference to them yeah but they're still throwing it out there to like yep. be like you know what let's let them let's try give it a go. yeah you never know who it's going to really um hit home with and then that's going to be the game that that group of people absolutely loves to play together mm-hmm. 
I really like it. I, I really like, so they have those kind of big categories, but they definitely have offshoots of them as well, which is super fun. So what are some of your favorites out of those types? Do you have a specific type of game that you like to gravitate towards? Or do you have a more generalized category when you're playing these games with people? So I always like the trivia games because that's, that is a game type that's good to start, especially with new people, because mm-hmm. everyone can get behind trivia, right? Like we can all agree on trivia. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's just questions and answers, right? But trivia murder party, that is kind of the family favorite game. Which is really funny. Yep. That's the family favorite. <laughs> it is. It is my wife and Dina's very favorite. So like I enjoy it too. So it's one that we will always play. It is a trivia game, but it is written perfectly. It's it's written by effectively, if you imagine the uh the Saw character with a trivia <laughs> game, that is this. <laughs> like you play as these like little characters. And if you get questions wrong, you're given these consequences. Uh, One of my favorite consequences is they like cut off a finger is what they say, (laughs) which means one of the four answers in the multiple choice you can't choose later on. And sometimes it's the right answer. Uh, So you just like can't choose the right answer or there's like uh, you have to everybody chooses a cup to put poison in and you have to then choose a cup to drink from. And if you choose poison, then you die. Um, but the great thing about this game is if you get questions wrong and you get killed off, you still continue to play. But when it comes to the very end, so you're building up points. And then when you come to the very final round, which is like quick, quick fire trivia, it's like a lightning round. The more points you've accumulated, the further you are, you get like a head start. So the more mm-hmm. points you accumulate, like the better head start you get in that final round. And so if you haven't been killed off, you have an even better head start than uh, than the other players who have been killed. So don't have as many points. So it's a really, I really, really like that game a lot. It's it it, it has so many fun elements to it. Um, it's it's nice and varied, and the the trivia questions are good too. I think out of all of the games, that one has my favorite art style yes. because I really like the 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 hand sewn looking characters. Mm-hmm. They are just the right amount of cute and creepy. Mm-hmm. And I really love that as if because I love a game like Don't Starve, like it's kind of in that mood. I, I just I love that element of, of creep and macabre that comes with this game. But yet it's a trivia game. So it's fun and simple. <laughs> uh, I also love Fibbage in all of its mm-hmm. forms. There's like a few different versions of Fibbage. Um, it's effectively Boulder Dash. Uh, Slash there, low definition. Yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, it's basically, can you come up with the best lie? So there's a question, uh, which is, and then you have to give a lie as the answer to that question. And the real answer is in there. So if you have, and then at the end of it, everybody votes on what they think is the truth. And you get points if your lie was the one that people thought was the truth, right? So I like that one because... There's a bunch of areas you can go to, right? You can either try and be smart and come up with the best lie, or you can come up with the funniest thing. And I Mm -hmm. know for me, again, depending on who you play with, the scoring starts to change, where it's like, I've played this game where people start voting on what they think is the funniest answer as opposed to what they think (laughs) is the correct answer. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, like you end up with all of these different ways of playing the game. But Fibbage is another, like it's, it's a classic for them, right? And like it was when in my history segment I mentioned was like their second big hit after You Don't Know Jack. 
um, and for good reason. It is a brilliant dynamic and played very well in groups. I like how that you can pick categories in it, so they give mm-hmm. you like almost two choices. It's not just throwing um, things at you to answer. You can kind of navigate through it based on what the group likes and the art style of this one. Is it Fibbage three? That's very seventies. I yeah, really that's my dig favorite. That. That's I, my favorite I, visual design. So of beautiful. All of them. It's wonderful. Like I was astounded how good that game looked. Um, yeah. It's really good. And then my other favorite is uh, Quiplash. It's just a competition to be the funniest. Like, mm-hmm. and this is one where the wild slash inappropriateness can start to come out the best. You basically <laughs> you get a question and you have to come up with the funniest thing, and that's where like they're voted against each other. It's two people. You're in a head to head, and then everybody else votes on what they think is the funniest answer. Uh, this is one where like it really helps to to know the people you're playing with and then you can you can tailor kind of the questions to be the funniest in that group i really like this one but it takes a few rounds to get good at it does but this one you can really kind of hit bottom very quickly like if you just throw out the word butts it just makes everybody laugh yes (laughs) like you know it's just that's all you need to do sometimes Mm -hmm. and then you're like the star of the game and i think that that makes it really universal because you can uh, manipulate it in any way i have this one on my list too um, I have more drawing games mm-hmm. as some of my favorites. Drawful is definitely up there because it doesn't matter how gr- amazing or terrible or your drawings are. It's funny either way. So <laughs> it's really good if people don't know how to draw or people who do and or a mix of both. It's it's just it, it ends up being joyful regardless. And then it depends on the way people interpret a drawing. So you can have a really immaculate awesome drawing that's super clear for what it asked you to draw but because the people guessing don't know what it was it they can guess something completely different and hilarious and it just it it takes all of the funny great parts of Pictionary and condenses it down with funny sound effects and quick back and forths and I I so I really like Drawful I think they did two of those right uh I think so yeah yeah they have Drawful and Drawful too and then a new favorite, uh, since you already mentioned Quiplash and Fibbage, um, another favorite right now is Civic Doodle because of our stream. Mm-hmm. It ended up working out great with that group. And this drawing game is where you build on someone else's drawing. And that makes it really hilarious. And it kind of harkens back to a game that I used to play on with pen and paper with Marco sometimes when we were sitting around, we, I, I would call it the squiggle game where you would just put a squiggle on the paper and then the next person would have to make it into a drawing. So I, I really loved civic doodle with all of our friends. And finally a kind of out of left field pick is the TKO because there is a giant explanation story in the beginning of it. So a lot of the times when you turn this game on, it just, it kills the mood. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the room, because there's there's too much hoopla around it into getting into it. And a lot of people are confused when playing it. But I found if you get past that initial awkward introduction hurdle, it's actually really, really fun and, and pretty funny where it is what you do is you everyone draws 
a whole bunch of pictures and then everyone just writes random words and then you put them together and you make a t-shirt out of it. And some of the times it is just random and hilarious and it's an easy place to insert all of your personal personal little jokes that you were kind of uh, cultivating throughout the evening of, of gameplay together. So it's a it's a really great one. And I haven't even played this one with you, Mike, right? We haven't no, played we this? No, we haven't played this one. Yeah, we totally should. Because I had previously avoided the drawing ones, but now I, I'm not. Right, because the drawing ones just didn't work for me, and then we played at different streams. Like, oh, they do. And something I love about the drawing ones, you can—they give you a link. They give you a web mm-hmm. link to the images that you've made, yes. um, which I think so. Like, you you have them afterwards, which is a ton of fun. And then you can actually buy merch yes. with those images on them. So I'm actually gonna. I still have the links, so I'm gonna put oh, in the show good. notes the links to some of our Civic Doodle ones. But you oh, can buy T-shirts and postcards of the images that you create, <laughs> which I just think is kind of brilliant. Like yeah. it's just a thing that you can do. It seems like one of the things that someone in the room would be like, "Oh man, I wish I could actually buy this shirt," and that's like, "Oh, you can." Or it you feels like can. one of those ideas where it's like, "Wouldn't it be great if?" And then it ends up, "Yeah, it would be great. Let's find a weird and wonderful way to do it." Right? So, like, yeah, it's like they don't give you erasers in the game, but yet you can go buy a T-shirt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, my favorite drawing games are the ones that incorporate the quippiness of of adding catchphrases or titles or something to the drawing in addition to the funny drawings. And yep. I think Drawful and TKO both do that. Yeah, they're wonderful games. They're really good. It's just the, <laughs> overall, this is just a, just such a fun game style. Like it works so well. I'm surprised nobody done it before, like in this way. You know, like, it's just like, it seems like such, once you play it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is obviously the way that you should play games like this in, in mm-hmm. with modern technology, right? That you, we can all play because we all have smartphones. But that's kind of how the best ideas always are like that, right? Like, they're obvious afterwards. But I think it's wonderful. I, I love these Jackbox games. They're so much fun and they're so varied and there's so many different types of games that you can play that there's there really is something for everyone in them i think that's just super cool yeah so at your next party uh don't be afraid to take one of these out because even people who've never played games before i have found very much enjoy these games and i i just want to say mike the reason we picked it this month is because it's both of our birthdays this month Ooh, right celebration. so yeah, it's the, this is the party, <laughs> party games for our party month mm-hmm. So happy birthday, sir. Happy birthday to you. And happy <laughs> birthday you. to the show because we're about to hit one year as well. So on our next episode, it's going to be the, the very funsies. first ever funsies. I'm so excited. Are you going to dress up? I'm dressing up. Sure. I'll hire a tuxedo. <laughs> wear a top hat. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just record that one from the history room. Ooh, very you know, nice. Very fancy. I think you should. I'm going to, wear, I'll wear a gown. I'll record an account for the funsies. (laughs) Okay. I'll wear a suit. (laughs) See you next month for the funsies. 